Hello and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock and this is the Callie Blunt episode. Callie is a food stylist, lifestyle blogger, vlogger, extraordinaire, all around just sparkle and confetti everywhere. <laughs> Love of my life. <laughs> and I'm oh so glad God. that she isn't that great. I love it. I'm so excited. Um, oh, it's Cal- so beautiful. <laughs> Callie, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, Amanda, I am so flipping honored to be on this podcast right at this very moment. I could not be more excited. Oh my gosh, well, I'm excited that you're excited because, <laughs> you I know. Mean, you can't see it. I'm literally jogging around my living room right now. There's just so much glitter <laughs> and excitement and sparkles going everywhere. It's just like glitter bombs happening everywhere. <laughs> I know, and... You know, if it wasn't for this snow and ice that has kind of shut Nashville down, we would be looking right. at each other right now. Yes. Um, I'd literally be throwing we- confetti at you at this moment. <laughs> We'd just be going back and forth. It'd just fall everywhere. We'll make up for it. We'll, we'll make it happen. We will. Um, we will. Yeah. So, Cal, I want you to kind of just tell everybody a little bit about you and um and I also within all of that sparkle and stuff um Mm -hmm. you know we have known each other for a good little bit now and we've been able to work with each other actually collaborate like quite a bit so yeah you know it's such a pleasure to have you on and yeah yeah (laughs) so why don't why don't you tell um everyone who you are what you do all the things. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let me just say all the things. Well, as you <laughs> mentioned, Callie Blunt um, is my name. Yes. And <laughs> styling is my game. <laughs> oh, I feel like I could turn that into a rap so quickly, but let's not do that. Let's stay focused. Um, so yeah, I <laughs> am like, I mean, I think at my core, you would say I'm a lover of food in all aspects. You know, my professional career, I am a food stylist, which we were joking earlier is basically I use tweezers all day. Um, <laughs> dresses, herbs, seeds, chicken, no, which I, I basically I make food look good for camera. So whether it's a commercial or a video or, you know, a client that my husband and I, we shoot food photography from our home for editorial, um, you know, magazine stories just making food come alive for camera and look beautiful. Um, But then I also have a blog called Love Cooks and it's L-U-V love, like Southern kind of love, because I just believe that food is love, you know, and the tagline for Love Cooks is love people with tasty food. So my world really 100% revolves around food and um, making it look beautiful, but also spreading this like positive food is love message that is so dear to my heart and I just want everyone to experience so that's kind of my my world in a nutshell I guess you would say I love it and anyone who's watched you or been around you totally gets that oh Uh, oh come on now (laughs) so (laughs) uh, it's a joy it's a joy um so when would you say that you kind of made that connection of food is love? Like, I think some people uh, maybe know it 
intuitively or, you know, that's mm. kind of how people communicate. That's how we gather, um, yeah. you know, but what do you think was that aha moment for you that um, yeah, this is what you should be doing and how you should be loving people? Oh my gosh. Well, let me give you a bit of background on how I was raised. I was raised in the deep South. I, I was raised in Alabama by a very Southern mama whose literal <laughs> phrase at every moment was, well, they got to eat, you know? And also, you know, my mom is one of the most loving, nurturing, kind human beings on the face of this planet. She is a hospice nurse. And I, for those of you who aren't familiar with hospice, it's basically like end of life care for people. And she modeled for me just loving people. And her vehicle is food. I mean, we would have Thanksgivings where we would have her patients at our table, you know, like she just had this heart for bringing people food. We would like, we were kind of like a little mini catering service. I mean, like if there was a baby shower, I grew up at a Baptist church, which for those of y'all who grew up Baptist, you know what I'm talking about? There is a opportunity <laughs> for food at every event. And we just, that's what we did. And we brought food for baby showers or like weddings or just whatever life event somebody was celebrating. My mom wanted to host it and she wanted to cook for it. So in my mind, even as a kid, I kind of associated this idea that, you know, food is a, is a physical thing. I mean, it's something that everyone has. I mean, we have to eat to survive. And it's something that's communal and connecting. And I, even as a young girl, watching my mom use it in a loving way. So that was kind of my background. But because I grew up in a small town in the South, I I think when I went to college, I wanted to run from it for a bit, right? Because you're like, mm -hmm. I'm not a small town girl. I'm a big city lady and I'm going to prove it, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, when I went to college, I was a journalism major and I went to work for a print magazine. And I wanted to be, I mean, I really was convinced. I mean, like, I'm going to be the next on a one tour. I'm not going to have to worry about food and feeding people for baby showers. Like, it's not important. I'm going to be a writer. And I went in, my first job out of college was for a magazine, and I was just so unhappy. I mean, the, I didn't anticipate that every day I would dread going to work. I mean, I started mm. out as an executive assistant to the editor, which I think a lot of, you know, women are familiar with kind of starting out in that position. And just, I mean, I would come home from work and just cry. And you know me, Amanda, like, I'm not a negative person. Like, that is not my personality. And I remember no. one night coming home and I like called my mom and I was like, mom, like, I just feel like so sad and so depressed. Like what's wrong with me? This job isn't what I you know, thought it was going to be. And she was like, Cal, like maybe you just need to get used to it. Maybe it's something that you just need to, you know, suck up and it'll get better. But I knew in my spirit and my heart, Amanda, that something was missing. Like, there was a greater purpose to my life that I was in. And even at a young age, realizing like, I'm just not, in, I'm not, I'm scraping the surface of what my destiny is. Like this isn't resonating with who I am on the inside. So I went on this like personal journey, like you could call it spiritual prayer, whatever. It was digging into like, what is off with my life? Like, why isn't this making me feel whole? And, um, at the time the church I was going to was in a season of prayer. So I just prayed about it every day. I was like, okay, God, like, what am I made to do? What am I supposed to do? And ended up feeling like I needed to quit that job. And I was like, <laughs> I'm very type A and I did not want to quit. I was like, I can't quit this job. This is my source of income. And the fear, the, the fear, fear is real. <laughs> oh my gosh. So real. You know, I've heard it said before, the things that you're most afraid to do 
are the things that you're going to impact the world with the most. And Mm. I really, I took that to heart and I was like, okay, if I'm afraid to leave this job, then clearly there's something bigger out there for me. So I just, as a 22 year old lady was like, I'm just jumping. I'm going to, I'm going to leave the job. But it took me a while to have the courage to tell my editor. I was like months and months went by. And finally, I just spilled my beans to her. I was like, oh, I'm just not happy and this isn't working and it's not what I thought. And she was like, that's okay. Like, she was so kind about it as an amazing female boss and was like, just bless you to pursue what you're supposed to pursue. And so through that process and that journey, I ended up getting hired on at the church I was going to in a creative capacity. I was the creative arts coordinator and then was promoted within that. But through that time started to go back to food because food was comforting in this transition and this unknown. I just kept on finding myself in the kitchen more and more and like getting back into cookbooks and reading and learning. And then, you know, eventually I discovered, I don't know if any of your, you know, listeners out there know about Smitten Kitchen and um, Deb Perlman. She's amazing. And reading her blog and going like, whoa, like here's a woman out here who's writing and she cooks and she takes photos of food and it's beautiful and it speaks my love language. It just made me feel, I mean, I would, I would check her about every day, like what's she posting, what's she writing, what's she reading. And then I found out about Pioneer Woman, Reed Drummond and read her stuff and just thought to myself, I could do this. Like, this is something that maybe, you know, I should try out and do. So just took another leap and started Love Cooks. And honestly, Mina, the rest is history. I mean, I worked full time with the church for almost five years and then felt that inkling again of like there's a deeper level I want to go to and finding out my purpose and what I'm supposed to do and knew that it was going to be with food that needed to be what my you know work was and what my creative expression was so I left the church and started food styling now full-time and my journey into that was so crazy and so like serendipitous because while I was at the church a friend of mine um, knew a food stylist and she had seen my blog and um, kind of referred me to her like, maybe you should, you know, see what she does and experience this. And uh, I just owe so much to Anna Kelly. She's the first food stylist I ever worked with. And she just taught me the ropes, like put me through the ringer, like challenged me, inspired me. And so once I was ready to leave the church, I had had a little bit of experience under my belt with her and just decided just to take the leap and try and go full time with it. And apprenticed with her for you know about two years and then knew it's time for me to go out on my own and do this and and here we are just you know using tweezers on the daily so that's sort of a long-winded way to say that's kind of become my journey so now you know my creative expression is food and the source of joy and love and purpose for me so often happens in the kitchen and so yeah I love it Oh, thank you. Thank you. You know, I love too, though, um, what you were saying about working at the magazine. And I also think it's interesting to, to note, um, what you had said about being an executive assistant and how Hmm. a lot of women know what that is because, yeah, you, you know, sometimes you're just excited to take the job because you're like, oh, I'm just excited to be here. And right. I think that there is something that is so incredibly powerful, too, about knowing when to step away and knowing when to walk away. And, yes. I, you know, I think that that's one of the really the hard things, especially, you know, mm-hmm. you're saying that you left, you know, when you were 22. 
Yeah. yeah that's, that's a, that's a crazy age, you know, that you, <laughs> so you are, I mean, I think about when I was 22 and I'm like, how did I, how did I survive? How did right. I, you know, it's, it's a yeah. rough, it's a rough time, you know, it's a huge transitional so thing. Um, it's kind of when, you know, a lot of your friends go off in different directions, you know, people who you had known for so long through college or whatever. And yeah, so, you know, I yeah. think that it's such a good message message. Can I talk? Um, yeah, a good, mes- yeah. <laughs> a good message too, uh, yeah. for people to hear, you know, that yeah. some, like when you have that, that sense that mm-hmm. something needs to change that, you know, your inner, like your inner tuition mm-hmm. is, it is so incredibly powerful. Inner mm-hmm. tuition, intuition, intuition. Lord, have, inner tuition. Lord have mercy. Yeah, no, I don't think that's, the- that's not a word. No, it's intuition. Um, <laughs> inner tuition just- is pretty cool though. It's almost like mm-hmm. a free version of college. Like you pay mm-hmm. tuition to go to college, but if you develop your inner self, it's like you have paid your inner tuition, right? It's like the same thing. Inner- oh, I love how <laughs> you yes ended the crap out of me with that. Thank Come you. On, Come on, girl. Come on, girl. Yes. Got your back. Oh. Um, <laughs> do, do you think that if you would have stayed at the magazine and could have done something with food that you would have stayed and liked it? Like, you know, just in, in or mm, had another yeah. job at another magazine doing food. Do you think that yeah. that would have changed things? You know, it's so crazy. I you know, the more that I do this freelance gig and the more I'm part of this like crazy lifestyle dreaming big and trying to do, you know, what you're, you're made to do, the more I believe that like, how do I, I think we just have to just, it has to be our only option. Like Mm. we have to make what we want to do. Like I think, and this is just for me, I think that if I had had a gentler path, like if I had had like maybe a bit of a cushier job or like maybe a a slightly better fit. I would have been so comfortable that I don't even know, Amanda, if I would have gone the route of like, I've got to dig in deep and figure out what it is that makes me come alive and what it is that I want to do because Mm -hmm. I know myself and I know that if I'm like taking care of quote unquote, and I don't have to think about really much about finances or about, that maybe the deeper things that I'll just get comfortable and I'll watch Netflix every night and I'll just hang out. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And like, and that, and I, I, I'm actually looking back on it really grateful that I didn't have those options because I had to dig in and like figure it out and make it work. And honestly, love cooks has, has stemmed out of that. And I don't think I'd have this beautiful thing that I feel like called to do and know that. So like, a hundred percent inside if I'd had a different option. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. And you know, it's, um, I I mean, probably since I was three, I, you know, was talking about being on stage and I wanted to be in movies and I wanted to do this and that, you know, I'm a firm believer that creativity is fluid and, yeah. you know, just because you um, act doesn't mean that you don't want to write, you know, or direct sure. or, you know what I mean? Or like, yeah. you know, even with food, you know, just because yeah. you style food doesn't mean that then you wouldn't want to develop recipes yeah. or, 
you know, have videos or, you know, do things. I think that all of those things are an extension of that. And a lot of people don't Mm. understand that. And, um, you know, I, I can remember so many times where family friends would say, oh, well, you know, what's your backup plan? Well, what's Mm -hmm. your, because I, you know, I I didn't go to college right after high school and I moved to LA and, um, you know, it was this thing, people kept telling me, oh, Amanda, you know, you should be a nurse. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I have, I have, I have family members. I know wonderful people who are nurses and they are totally meant for that. If you really know me, you know that that might not be my strong suit. (laughs) That might not be my strong suit. And I'm okay. And I embrace that, you know, because there are people who are meant for that. Um, But that was the thing too. And I remember, you know, people are obsessed with this backup plan. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I have, um, there's a friend of mine who I, I had posted this thing on Facebook, you know, Mm -hmm. and this was years ago. And I was just like Mm -hmm. talking about, you know, all these people who are like, oh, you know, this backup plan or blah, blah, blah. And I was just kind of frustrated because it doesn't matter. So like once I decided to go to college and I was going to school and I had this idea that I wanted to work in magazines, that was immediately a thing too, that people discounted. Oh, well, you should have a backup plan. Oh, you're an English major. Well, you should be a teacher again. Right. Yeah. That would, I don't think that that would be my strong suit, but, um, so I had posted this thing and I was like, you know what? And um, and I can't, I was actually in just trying to find this, um, David Mamet quote, but he mm-hmm. talks about essentially I'm paraphrasing, but that people who have backup plans end up using them. So, and I posted this thing. And so I have a friend who had, um, commented and he is, uh, he's the musical director for, you know, just a ton of, uh, really big, acts, you know, he performs all around the world. Mm -hmm. And he said that he knows that not having a backup plan is the reason why he is doing exactly what he loves. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck with me because it's exactly what you're saying. You know, when there Mm -hmm. is no other option, that doesn't mean that, you know, you have, you know, you're paying your rent or whatever, and you just quit all of your jobs because you want to get to this thing. Yeah. Um, but I think it is important to embrace that because mm-hmm. I, I, I'm more of a person in a lot of ways who it's like all or nothing, mm-hmm. you know, like if I'm going to mm-hmm. give, if I'm going to give my time to something, it's going to be yeah. all. And so when I meet yeah. people who say things like, oh, well, you know, I wouldn't, you know, put all of your eggs in that basket or I wouldn't yeah. go and do whatever. To me, it's almost like a challenge, mm-hmm. you know, I'm mm-hmm. like, Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to show you. Yes. And I'm going to keep it. moving. Yes. Because because I also I I totally understand what you're saying about getting comfortable and all of that mm-hmm. that is my greatest fear mm-hmm. is to get comfortable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that I've only been pushed into new phases regardless of my own, you know, inner drive, but um I've only been pushed into these new phases because, you know, maybe it's been the loss of a job or, mm-hmm. you know, some really big rocky things or, you know, this sure. inner, this inner thing telling me like, you got to change something. So yeah. it's only been these drastic things, you know, it's never, so I totally get it. You know, sometimes when the job is a little too cushy, you know, and you're weighing the options, you're like, oh no, 
I'll yeah. stay. I won't make this move. Or if it's a relationship or, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I no, thinking, I. Mm-hmm. I always no. think about like um, that. I was listening to a podcast the other day. <laughs> As you can tell, I'm a huge podcast girl. That's why I love Ben Cakes so much <laughs> and everything you're doing. It's so amazing. But um, the guy who was talking, about, talking was like, if you were 10 times more bold, what would you be accomplishing? Mm. There's like this. Why is it that as women, there's like such fear about our work? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. well, you go pursue that dream. But, you know, if it doesn't work out, you could always be like a secretary. And I'm not saying I honor secretaries. Like I honor that kind of thing. But it's like your dreams are probably too much for people. So maybe you should just back that up a little bit and like mm-hmm. just maybe just squash, squash it just a tad. You know, I even mm-hmm. I remember when I um, told my, my parents that I was going to go freelance, that I was going to do food styling, that I, you know, have this dream of having a successful YouTube channel. My mom, who I love, who, you know, I, I, I love so much, didn't understand. Neither of them did. They were both like, wait, I'm sorry, what? It, like, how who, mm-hmm. do people pay you money? Like, how do you, you know? And I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, it's like any other job. You do the work, you get paid you know, with YouTube, eventually, you know, you worked hard and people will watch you enough so that where you can make it, you know, an income, like these are dreams and goals of mm-hmm. mine. And, um, even, you know, when my husband and I got married, my husband's a musician and he's creative and they were very confused about like, how are you going to pay your bills? You know, like maybe you guys should, I mean, these dreams are well and good, but maybe you should, you know, think about becoming something, of, you know, a bit more stable, which, you know, for their generation to honor them, like they don't, they weren't, they're not very familiar with the idea or, or they don't see it very much in people their age that you would have this passion, have this dream and not back down from it, you know? And I think especially like you and I talked a little bit about women and um, their, their dreams and specifically women who have dream big uh, dreams of accomplishing big things in food. Like to me, like look at our world. Like there's no better time than now for us to be like, look, like I'm letting go of comfort for something way bigger for a purpose that expands past my own comfort and into the lives of other women, of other people that need me to do my dream. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I just think that the field's wide open. It's like, I just want to see, you know, it's been such a joy. And like, I think we both get this to be, have been pushed out of our comfort zone and to have had to say, you know what? I don't have any other option. This is what I'm doing. And I believe because the universe needs it, it's going to work out like that. I would love to see other people experiencing the joy that's come from this. Yeah, it's been really hard, but oh my gosh, it's so worth it. Yeah, I think that's such a great point, though, too, of like how it can be hard for other people to understand. Yeah. What? Because I think that their question more is the how, right? Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. how does that work? They don't understand it. So then, you know, it's this vague thing and I mean the truth is is that most of us don't know the how either you just (laughs) you know what I mean you believe in your why and the how will line up however it does and um, you know and I and to your point I think that uh in the with what uh, you know is happening now you know with the Me Too movement and then you know, yeah. now with Time's Up and, yeah. you know, it is, an, a, it is an incredible time to be a woman and to, you know, kind of step into this place where I feel mm-hmm. like the conversation has been started of, 
I will look out for you. I will, you know, we have each other's backs, you know, and just trying trying to make um, a terrible situation positive Mm -hmm. where it's like, nope, we will rise. We will come back. We will, you know, and and owning and owning our space. So what you were talking Mm -hmm. about, too, of, you know, how sometimes there's this complacency and it's and also. Yeah. However you want to live your life and whatever your big thing is, that looks different for everyone. Like I, there's, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's no one way to, you know, live big dreams, you know, for some mm-hmm. people, yeah, maybe it's living in the middle of the country on a farmhouse, mm-hmm. like Joanna Gaines, you know, I mean, yeah, I love that. Yeah. for some people, you know, that is a radical idea. And mm-hmm. so whatever it is, go do it and do it well. But, you know, there is a thing, no matter what it is, like you have a little bit of an inkling and sometimes it's like, oh, it's a little, that might be a little out of your reach. That might Mm -hmm. be, you know, Mm -hmm. and so I feel like a lot of us are just kind of shoved down, you know, or, or feeling like, oh yeah, that just sounds a little too crazy. That just, so I should, I should take it down a notch, but Right, right. We have talked about how when we have dreams that then we should figure out how to make them bigger, right? Yes. Come on, girl. Absolutely. Because dreaming, yeah, like you said, it looks different for everyone, but also like there's no cap on dreams. Like that's the point Mm -hmm. of a dream is that it's bigger and we look at it and we're like, I mean, honestly, Maybe this is just my personal opinion, but I feel like if we look at something and we know immediately how to do it and we know every single step and we've got it all figured out, like, is it really a dream or Mm -hmm. is it like just a goal? Because I think dreams should really make us feel maybe maybe it's a good sign if you do feel afraid when you have it because you're like, this is bigger than what I can accomplish on my own. Right. And I think that's a good sign. Like, I think I'm trying lately just to embrace that. Like, if I feel nervous or fearful or maybe like intimidated by something I'm wondering Mm -hmm. if maybe it's just a sign it's something I need to step into and grow into like it's a chance for me as a woman to like rise up some more you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I think it's a great it's a great thing to step into also like anytime that I've done that like whenever I get feel like I get too comfortable I try and do something that makes me a bit nervous Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Just to see what that's like, or, you know, try something new. I feel like if you're not, Mm. it's almost, I kind of equate it to, you know, with like, um, exercising and, you know, like, but you know, like there's at some point you keep doing the same thing and then you hit a plateau and you're not growing, you're not really doing anything and you get kind of bored and you're like, I just, you feel kind of, you know, a little slothy sometimes, you know, I know I have, yeah, and then girl. that's when you just have to throw in some new things. And I feel like the more you rotate with things like that, for instance, you know, like at um, the the gym I went to in Birmingham, there was a Saturday morning yoga class that we would have. And there was the same teacher almost mm-hmm. every Saturday and then she got pregnant. Mm-hmm. So then we started mm-hmm. having a lot of subs and yeah. the there were people in my class who liked my one teacher. They just, they got so addicted to this one teacher. Well, I mean, I've kind of bounced around a lot and I love trying new classes and stuff. So it's easier for me to adapt 
to something new. And so I was like, oh, yeah, sub. Oh, this is going to be great. Oh, somebody new. And they hated it. Everybody else in the class, they were like, we don't know how to do that move or we don't know. Right. You know, and it, yeah, yeah. But, but it's like, nah, you have to. Yeah. I just, okay, so you kind of are at this level and you know how to do this thing. All right. Well, what's really going to kind of scare you? Let's, you know, right. take it up. Because what's the worst thing that can happen? You fail. Right. That's good. No, failure is good. I think people like, yes. I don't know why we, it's like, uh, if somebody sees me fail, like what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Like, honestly, if you're not growing and changing as a human being, and if you're not failing, that means you're stagnant. And if you've ever seen a stagnant pool of water, it's not a pretty thing. Like, I right. think we should welcome failure. Like, welcome us as each other in our, in our lives. Like, I just want, I want to encourage you to take a risk. You know, like, I want to welcome you to, like, go do your thing. And I have got your back, girl. Like, mm -hmm. go do because and, and that's another element of the risk thing is, like, sometimes I think we feel a pressure to, to do the risk thing alone. Like, I've just got to do it. I don't want anybody to know if I fail. So I'm not necessarily going to tell someone I'm doing this. But I think right. there's a risk. It's like, no, you need to involve community in whatever it is you're doing. Like, I know, like with you and I, you've been huge for me, Amanda, of like supporting me and encouraging me with Love Cooks. And like, I don't think I didn't have accomplished near as much as I have if I didn't have women like you in my life to be like, you go do that, girl, you know? And I'm going to support you and I'm going to ask you how you're doing and I'm going to check in. Because like, we just need each other. Sometimes it's, and because I think when we think risk, we're like, oh, I've got to muster it all up on my own. Well, no, it's, mm -hmm. it's also part of being in a community of other people, male or female, that can, like, support you in that, you know, and, like, mm -hmm. letting them, like, being vulnerable to tell them what you're doing. Totally. And um, the same for me, you know, with, like, being supported and um, and all of that, like, you've been just absolutely incredible. Um, and I... I think that it's really important, you know, support is a huge thing in the community and it helps then when you fail or you're having a hard time because then someone else can say, oh, it's okay. This one time, you know, like everybody has a story, right? Everybody yeah. has a story of when they've fallen on their face. Oh my you know? God. Yeah. And been so embarrassed. Like, I mean we all have those things. And so I think too, like for me, even thinking of like people being on stage, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of people have this, you know, fear of being on stage in front of people and stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the audience wants you to do well. Yeah. You know, they, they want you to do well. So they'll forgive. Uh, audiences are for the most part, incredibly forgiving. Yes. And, Come on. You know, I think that it's a thing of, you know, you're so self-conscious and you're like, oh no, but if I met, they probably saw this one thing, you know, I really uh, have so, I have so much admiration for people who can get up on stage and they totally screw something up mm -hmm. and they just keep going oh, and they, they just keep moving. Yeah. It doesn't, oh you know, because to me, even if you have a terrible show, yeah, a ter and I've seen a lot of terrible shows. I've <laughs> been in terrible shows i've had like, terrible shows i've yeah. gotten off the stage before and i'm like that was a pile of poop yeah. and the thing though is that at least i was trying you yes. know or at least 
somebody got up on there to be vulnerable, you know, if you failed yes. and that means you're doing stuff. If you're not failing, if Come nobody on. really sees any of that stuff, then yep. that means that, you know, I mean, I just, I think failure is a sign of trying and doing mm-hmm. and it's work in progress, right? Yes. I mean, Amanda, I will never forget. So one of the first like professional quote unquote videos I ever made was, so I um, do some work with a company in Birmingham that has like a big like production studio and I was (laughs) filming, they did this thing where like for a limited time where they're like, bloggers come into our huge multi-million dollar studio with all of our equipment and shoot some blog videos and just, you know, it's like our Mm -hmm. way to bless you. And so I went in there and I had planned this whole day. Like I was going to shoot these three videos. My husband, Jake can do video work. And so he was going to record me and I had recruited like an intern from this company to help like record some stuff. And she mm-hmm. looked like bored out of her mind the whole time, but it's okay. Cause I was grateful. <laughs> um, and I'm doing in the very first video, I was making these like sweet potato puffs, which are like mounds of sweet potato. It's an, it's an old seventies recipe. I was going through this phase where I was like trying to be like the vintage recipe girl, which is like not my calling, but you know, I tried it. And Mm -hmm. um, I was in there and I had like this big, if you can imagine this big vat, like this big bowl of like mac, of like sweet potatoes. And I was trying to use like a, um, you know, those, oh my gosh, what are they called? I mean, my mind's blanking like the, um, the wands that whip things. It's like a, uh, a whisk. Not, (laughs) 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 I turned the situation, which turned a lot better. No, like a standing Oh my gosh, the oh, my mind is seriously blanking. I could go grab it. I wish I could like show it to the phone. Um, you know the standing mixer. It's like the wand that you press the button and it. Um, the hand mixer. Immersion blender. And oh, the immersion, immersion blender. blender. Yes, yes, oh yes. Oh my gosh, my inner tuition was not telling me the right thing. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> An immersion blender, which like looks like like. For those of you at home that have never used one, it's like a long metal wand with a motor and it like whips things like on the end, like with some blades. It's almost like, yeah, it's like a hand mixer. It's also um, very dangerous too. Oh. A lot of people get cut and stuff. So be careful at home. Yes. Just be careful. Be careful at home if you're using it. So I stick <laughs> this immersion blender into this big vat of sweet potatoes and the loudest fart noise ever comes out. It was like, I mean, just everywhere. And sweet potato goes everywhere. And I'm just like, oh my Lord. I am so and I look up at the camera and I'm like, well, it's hard to be ladylike when you're, you know, making fart noises with sweet potatoes. Just died out laughing. <laughs> and I'm telling you, like, to this day, there are people who like have maybe seen my videos one time and they'll be like, Hey girl, how about that fart noise you made with those sweet potatoes? That was pretty awesome. <laughs> thing people remember so it's crazy how like the things that you think are like oh my gosh that was a train wreck I'm trying to impress everyone and this is a disaster it ended up being like a great moment so you really never Mm -hmm. know when like you're like embarrassing awkward times are actually really good and can be good for your you know your career or whatever so it's pretty funny because people will remember it you know nobody wants to see perfection all the time like I mean, you know, when I would produce live videos, you know, people would get so scared. I was like, listen, it's okay. You'll just keep going. People want to see human people. If you drop a bowl and it breaks, be like, (laughs) oh, 
okay, we're going to keep okay. moving. Like, I would much rather watch that video than something where everything happens perfectly or, you know, whatever. Um, yes. But so, so when you started filming, yes. um, you know, videos and stuff and like, uh-huh. what was, what was that like though? Because you know, it's one thing to style food and whatever, but you know, when you're stepping in front of the camera to do those things, like mm-hmm. you're becoming a brand. Yeah. You know, you're you're becoming your own entity. So did you have a you said and you mentioned that you were, you know, trying to like redo vintage recipes and stuff and that wasn't yeah. your thing. Like how what was kind of that process like in the beginning and then figuring out where you are now? You know, it's kind of wild. In the beginning, because my background with being on camera was doing literally church announcements, like when I was working in a church. So I knew like how to, like, I guess I knew from years of just being like, hi, welcome to so-and-so. This is what we have going on. So I knew kind of like the basic format of how to make somebody feel like sort of engaged with on camera for like a brief amount of time. Like these videos were like one to two minutes, but Mm -hmm. I really wanted because I was coming alive to this idea that like food is love and that like food is something that's communal and something that brings joy. Like, and I knew how important that was. It was kind of a process of discovery of like just figuring out like, how can I relate that on camera? And to be honest, I feel like I'm still figuring that out. So when I first started, because I'd come from this background where everything was like super planned out and there was a script and it was regimented, that's what like I thought I needed to do. So when I first started doing the videos, my sister had given me this vintage cookbook from Nashville that with 70s recipes. And so I thought, like, I'm going to do this big production thing, and I'm going to, like, produce this stuff, and I'm going to have a script, and I'm going to memorize things, and I'm going to get on camera. But it was like, once the camera turned on, that all felt so fake to me. Like, it all felt mm-hmm. so, like, this isn't even, like, I wouldn't even want to watch this. Like, I can't, that's not my personality. Like, I can't be that. So I kind of just immediately got comfortable with like, you know what? Like, I'm just going to be myself. And I just hope that it translates that I love people and that I want them to love food and that it's going to taste good, you know, and it's going to be worth it. So from there, Mm -hmm. I just have been, I mean, honestly, experimenting ever since. I don't feel like I, and maybe that's a good thing. Like, you know, maybe love cooks will never have a particular formula. But like in 2018, this year, my focus is really like, I just want to serve people. You know, if you're watching my videos and I love like, you know, people listen to this podcast, like tell me what you want to know how to cook. Like what would bring you joy in your kitchen if you could do, you know? And I've had people tell me like, I just want to know how to make a grilled cheese. I'm like, praise the Lord. A good grilled cheese (laughs) is a gift to the, you know, humanity. I'll show you how to do that or whatever it is that makes you feel good and accomplished. Like I want to help people do that because Honestly, when I'm at home in my kitchen, it's not formal. Like, on, I mean, Jake and I are on a budget. Like, we're just like everybody else, you know? Like, half the time I'm cooking stuff that is like leftover pineapples from a food shoot. And I'm like, how can we turn this into dinner? You know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just mm-hmm. like, I have some rice. I have some pineapples. Do we have any chicken? Okay, let's do this thing, you know? So, because I'm, I'm experimenting and learning too. I mean, I'm constantly like, well, shoot, I don't know how to do that. I got to figure that out, you know? Um, so I'm right there along with people. I think sometimes when people see like food bloggers or people in food, they assume like they're professional, you know, like they have everything together. They know the answer to every question. And that is the total opposite for me. Like I'm learning just like all of us. I'm Googling, I'm watching YouTube, like trying to figure it out. So, um, 
I guess I just want to, you know, I just want to always be real um, and just know that it comes from a place of love, you know? Yeah, and I think that's such a good point, too, of the truth is, is that nobody has everything figured out, you know, no, no matter. I, I think that's, like, one of the biggest misconceptions uh, that people have, you know, if you have a certain title or whatever it is, yes, like, exactly. you know, you have also worked with, um, like myself, like people at all levels. And sometimes <laughs> the people who you think should know and have all of these things down, you know, you're having to remind them about something or, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's not that people can walk into a room sometimes and that they know all of the answers and whatever, because hopefully if you're also working with people who are collaborative, you bring something up to someone who's been doing something a little bit longer. They're like, Oh, I never thought of it like that. Or, Oh, I didn't, you know, everybody is trying. And I think that if you're not Mm -hmm. like what you're doing, you know, looking stuff up on YouTube, if you're not curious, I think the curiosity is the thing that kind of, yeah, it, uh, that's the the difference maker. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a book by Stephen Pressfield um, called "The War of Art." And oh, I love that book. Yes, it's Come such on. a good book. It's, it's such a good so book. Good. Yes. yes, "The War of Art." Stephen Pressfield. Go get it. Um, uh, buy it now. And I'm I'm paraphrasing this one, but he was. Um, talking about professionals and amateurs and he is saying how amateurs you know believe that they are you know exactly where they're supposed to be and you know that they are professional or whatever and true professionals are basically so afraid of being found out you know and thinking that so I've always kind of taken that little piece with me that every time you know because and if you read anything I think Maya Angelou also mm-hmm. has, I, I think I, I believe that it's her where I've read things before where she's like, this is where they're going to find me out. This is where, <laughs> right? I'm you know, and says, it's, yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, I think that everybody, you know, at some point I'm like, oh, they're going to mm-hmm. figure, they're going to, people are going to figure out. I have no idea what I'm saying, but it's right. that right. inner, it's that inner tuition that, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, tells you, because, you know, a lot of times, a lot of money for, we don't have the yeah. inner loans, you know, but it's like, yeah. you know, sometimes it's just in you, you mm-hmm. know, and it comes out and you don't need a formal education or you don't need to have gone to culinary mm-hmm. school or you don't, you sure. know, and your eagerness and curiosity and love for this thing is really what nourishes that and then will set you apart from, you know, people who mm-hmm. think that, because if you think that you've already made it, I feel like you've lost, you oh, know, because if yeah. then you're not striving and you're not, you know, if you're not interested in the journey and what all of this stuff kind of is and, you know, the long hours and all of that, like, yeah you should do something different. You know, I mean, I just think like, I don't know. I think I don't, I don't, I wouldn't ever really want to get to a point where I'm like, I've made it. I know everything because where do you go from there? Right. And that's incredibly boring. Like I'm so grateful to be in a career and like I honor what, like whatever your career career is, whether it's accounting or medicine or writing or Mm -hmm. designing I'm so grateful to be in a career where I'm constantly curious. And I think that's such a good sign. I mean, even the other day I was trying to figure out like, okay, 
I mean, and this is just sort of like a, what I do every day, but I'm working on a, developing a recipe for a gluten-free vegan snickerdoodle. And I'm like, does it taste better to put the coconut in the cookie or roll the cookie in coconut? So in my mind, I'm thinking like, well, I'll just, I'll, I bet it's going to be better on the outside because it'll get crispy and toasted. Ain't wrong. Like smoke is coming out of my oven. It's burning. <laughs> like that was the wrong idea. Um, so uh, example A of something that I biffed once again in the kitchen, which happens all the time. <laughs> But also, like, how cool that, like, that's my day. Like, I get to flip and figure out, like, how good, how to make a cookie taste better. I mean, that's a gift. Like, that is a joy. And I think that how much happiness that brings me, I would just equate that with someone who's, like, you know, studying um, for in whatever other area, like an architect. Like, how can I make this building more sturdy? How can I make it more beautiful? And how much joy, you know, it must bring that person to figure that out. It's like what what a cool opportunity we have in this life that we've been given this one life that we get to explore those things and experience that i mean it's just really neat you know what i mean oh i totally i totally do and everybody has their own level of curiosity or you know mm-hmm. whatever um their career is you know people are yeah. excited about so many things like you know my mom works um in uh, pharmaceuticals and, uh, she got super excited the other day. She found, uh, a book. I don't know. It's like from the (laughs) seventies about all of these medical terms. And it was kind of, I, I couldn't understand her excitement, but man, she, she she found this book (laughs) in like the corner of um the building and she asked her boss oh. she's like can I have this and she's like oh I'm just so excited and that's I was like amazing. okay well that's the thing where so, lady at least you really like your job you love you know like you know mm-hmm. what you're doing and you're excited you know and so yeah. so yeah you know it doesn't have to be just translated to mm-hmm. the creative fields which I feel like you know a lot of times Lately, it seems like, you know, they are more understood or there's like more understanding, you know, through podcasts or all of these things, people are getting mm-hmm. interested, but there mm-hmm. are all kinds of women and people who, you know, have jobs that don't get talked about so much. Like you're talking about like accountants and mm-hmm. you know doctors, whatever it is. And it's like, yeah. I think that when you stay true to what your calling is. And I, I really believe that when you are doing the thing that you're meant to do, that the doors will open and it's Uh like, aha, like, it's not that it's always going to be super easy. Like the path is, you know, the path is never going to be door open, door open, door Mm -hmm. open. You know, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to knock down that door. Sometimes you have to keep knocking. Sometimes you have to stand outside that door and be like, all right, I'm ready for you to open. But if there's something that uh, just feels correct, mm-hmm. you know, that feels like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is what mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be doing. Maybe it doesn't make sense at the moment. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I think that, you know, everything that you've talked about today too, like there's a lot of times where you're like, maybe like to other people, this doesn't mm-hmm. make sense, but it makes sense to yeah. me. So oh, I'm going to sure. pursue it. Mm-hmm. So good. What would... What would you say is something that um, you would want to tell 22-year-old Callie? <laughs> just, About the whole journey. 
just fresh off quitting, you know, and all of that stuff. Oh. Like, what would you tell that girl? I would say home skillet. It is going to be all right. You are going to end up right where you are supposed to be. And I would tell that to everyone, like all like we are responsible for managing our hearts and our dreams and what we want to do in this life. And the outcome of that is out of our control. But what is in our control is searching ourselves, getting to know ourselves, taking care of ourselves so that we figure out what we can do to make an impact on this planet. And you can do it. You can 100% do it. I mean, I've had several experiences um, throughout my career where, like you said, like I felt like I was banging and banging and banging on the door and no one was answering or they were like, I'm sorry, you know, you're not welcome here. But keep banging, you know, keep going, keep searching. This event, you know, my favorite quote in all of the world is Helen Keller and it's life is either a grand adventure or nothing else. And as females, like, let's just live the adventure, like embrace the awkward, embrace the uncomfortable, embrace failure and just go do it. And you have everything in you that's needed to go accomplish it. You already have it. It's inside of you. Yes. You know? Oh, it's so true. And like, and the thing is, is like, you can't control like the outcome or any of that. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember when... When I left LA the second time and I, because I had finished at Second City and I had started going to college and, you know, I was transferring to Mills where in Oakland, where I would eventually graduate from. But I remember what that was to leave LA and I felt like I was giving up on my dreams. I felt that the place where it was my forever home, that I was abandoning that in some way. Like that was a really hard um, grieving period for me. And it's funny because, you know, I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to get my English degree. I want to work in magazines. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people thought I was taking this totally separate course. But then, you know, I graduated, got a fellowship at, Mm -hmm. you know, a magazine. And then that turned into producing videos. And then somehow in a lot of ways, it feels like I'm right back where I started. You know, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like what you're saying, like, what you want to do, all of that stuff, like it's in you, like it's going to come out no matter what. So maybe the circumstances aren't the best right now. Maybe, you know, you do have to stand outside of that door a little bit longer, because maybe the timing is not right, or whatever it is. But, you know, in ways big and small, those things are there and you'll, you will be where you're supposed to be, Mm -hmm. you know, however that looks. And a lot of times it doesn't look anything like we thought on Mm -hmm. any kind of scale that we thought, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that if we're staying true to ourselves, you know, not listening to the noise and not listening to all of that stuff that we find our own path that is good for us. You know, it's Mm -hmm. not about what success looks like for other people. It's about Mm -hmm. what that looks and feels like for ourselves. Yes. I have one of my favorite people in the world. She um, is one of the most talented creatives that I know. She's kind of like my creative mentor. And when she first started, you know, when I first started exploring this path of food styling and doing the blog, Um, I met with her and I was just asking her, like, what is your best advice for a creative lady? Like, what, you know, can I be doing? What can I be thinking about? And she was like, Callie, I'll never forget this. She said, you need to stay in your lane. Mm. Everybody has their own lane. 
And I just want to encourage you to always stay in yours because what our mistakes happen when we try and, and get in, in somebody else's lane, you know, when we're trying to be like someone else or like run their race, but like you have boundaries and you have your own lane to run in, stay there because that's where you're going to have impact and victory. And you know, um, so I take that to heart and I, yeah, I would say that to my 22 mm-hmm. year old self too. Girl, just stay in your lane, stay true to you, stay true to what you makes you feel alive and pursue those things. Yeah. And I think that's such a good piece of advice because I think it's hard when you see people or, you know, people who are doing really cool things and yeah. you want to be a part of it, you know, and I think yeah. that it's understanding that you can support people mm-hmm. sometimes and you don't have to be a part of everything mm-hmm. and that by staying in your own lane you're going to be so much more productive yes a hundred percent and I you know and I have to tell myself that all the time like I do not have that together and you know a hundred percent together but it, it brings me a lot of peace like it does just to think about life like that mm-hmm yeah yeah it's it's an important one. And I, I really encourage people to like, figure out what your lane looks like. Yeah. Like, because that's the thing. I think you can't really move forward until you figure out. And it's like, you know, what sets you on fire, you know, Mm -hmm. like, it's totally different than, you know, anyone else. And don't worry if other people are doing the same thing. You know, there's a ton of, there's a ton of food stylists out there and, Mm -hmm. you know, who have, blogs or you know whatever but there's only one Callie Blunt so mm-hmm. you know what are you going to be talking about what are you going to be doing you know like right. it's totally different than what other people are mm-hmm. doing already because you are a different person come on girl and I think in an age where people are so concerned with likes and shares and followers like it can be really overwhelming when we start to get out of our lane and pursue the number um, yeah. like, well, so-and-so posted this and it got a thousand likes. Well, if I didn't want to like that, I bet I could get some of that, you know? No, like that's, that's not your lane, you know? Like our mm-hmm. lane is like, does this, does this photo, does this video, does this expression make me feel alive? Does it bring life to me? Do I feel joy and peace in it? Okay. Then that's something good because that's going to be in your lane and that's going to I think we just forget there are people that only we can impact, you know, like you're, you're mm-hmm. voicing them in the people you're reaching out to is incredible. Just like I have people that only I'm going to reach out to too. Like every person, there's just a specific message that every person has that is, is geared towards certain people. And I think that's beautiful. I think we don't have to appeal to everyone. It's great to just make an impact on the people that we're destined for, you know, whether it's a 10 or it's a thousand million. Oh, hallelujah. My biggest thing is like, you are not for everyone and everyone is not for you. So while, and I think that there's a great power in that. And that's not to, you know, Babe Cave is about creating a collaborative community of women and all of this stuff. The thing is, is that you can, like I'm saying, like you can be supportive of people, but you know, you can also understand that Maybe not everyone's going to like my message. Maybe everyone's not going to like me. That's okay. Like I'm, I, I am so okay with that, that I think it scares people sometimes. Cause I'm like, I can't Mm -hmm. control people's opinions change and I can't control, you know, that. And everybody doesn't like everybody or everybody's not everybody's cup of tea. It's okay. 
Like it, you just, you just keep moving because like you're saying, you know, like there's a message that the, the people who I'm talking to and you, who you're talking to are, Mm -hmm. you know, going to hear. I, one time when I was in LA, I met with this woman who was like, she's like your people before you get your people. So she helps you find like representation and stuff. And so Mm -hmm. I took a meeting with her and I had given her my headshot and Mm -hmm. it was, um, in the days of black and white headshots. And, um, she was saying how she was like looking at it and she was like, I mean, this doesn't really tell me anything. Like this is boring. Like Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be able to pick you out of any kind of thing because I was trying to be. I was trying to be for everybody. I was trying to, you know, appeal to everything. And, Mm -hmm. and now that I'm telling this story, I feel like I might've told this story on the show before. So if I have, I apologize, but, um, (laughs) I, cause I was like, this feels familiar, but, um, so if I have, I apologize. And if not, whatever. So, um, you know, but the thing is, is that I was just trying to be for everyone. I was trying to be Mm -hmm. so castable. I was trying to be so likable Mm -hmm. and, the thing is, is that then you kind of work yourself out of a job because you're so forgettable. Sure. sure. Right. I love that. Yeah. We just all see as females, we have so many facets to bring to the table. And I just don't want anyone to ever shy away from that. Like whatever mm-hmm. your story is, whatever your perspective is, you know, mine is based in a small Southern town with a mama who loved people with food. That's great. Just like your perspective is, you know, you have a history in California and living in these different places. Like you have this beautiful story. Like everyone has that. And like, let's not shy away. Let's like be bold in like our stories Mm -hmm. and what what we bring and just trust that like fate will bring the right people to you. Like, see, it's just such a life of faith we have, you know, like we just have to have faith. It, It just, and just like live it out and just, it's just, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing to have faith. Yeah. And, and knowing too, like, I love owning your story. I think a lot yeah. of people shy away from that or, I mean, you know, I, I grew up in California, but I grew up in the suburbs, you know, I grew up, mm-hmm. um, in Northern California and it was like a hundred thousand people, you know, suburbia, mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah, I remember, um, you know, when people would ask, you would normally say like the largest city, closest so you know I would normally say oh like right outside of San Francisco it's not technically right Mm -hmm. outside of San Francisco but I would like claim that and then I don't know at what point but I I was probably in my late teens or early 20s and I was like you know what I'm from Vacaville like that's where (laughs) I'm from you know like I don't know it's like because the thing is is like once you try once you start you know so if you know you would say like oh you know well I'm from like, let's just pretend you were like, oh, you know, I'm from Birmingham because that's an Alabama city that people would know. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, well, where? And you're like, oh, well, outside, uh, uh, <laughs> far outside. Yeah. And then you start narrowing yeah. stuff down and it's like, yeah. you know what? Yeah. If you just own it from the beginning, this is who yeah. I am. This is what I've done. This is what, sure. then I, I feel sure. like people are like, oh, okay. I yeah. can, like, like why, why am I, why would I pretend that I'm from a city that I'm not from, you know, or I, yeah, absolutely. you, you know, people are afraid, you know, they're like, Oh, I don't want anyone to find out that I'm from a small town. A right. lot of people are from small towns. Like yeah. girl own that. Absolutely. I mean, my town was so small that if people aren't playing football, we had nothing to do. I mean, we would sit around in fields and shoot BB guns. I'm not even playing. 
that was a typical Friday night. It's like us sitting around staring at each other, shooting a BB gun. Which probably <laughs> because there's, it's nighttime. And I think at one time, one of my friends did get hit in the ankle with a, like a BB gun. Bullet. But you know what? It's cool. It's what we did. It's what you do in Alabama. There's not much to do. Uh-huh. So, you know, it's good. Mm-hmm. I love it. I mean, yeah, I everybody has their stuff, you know? And so, mm-hmm. you know, staying in your lane and leaning into where you're from and that, mm-hmm. you know, sets you apart from everyone else. Come on. Absolutely. Maybe one day I'll do a recipe. It'll be like BB gun surprise or something. And I'll do like oh! a bowl. <laughs> Like, this was inspired by my story when I was in high school and I was trying to impress all the cute boys and I shot a BB gun into an open field that was probably very dangerous. So can I tell you this idea that I had for a recipe that I wouldn't know how to develop it or anything, but I'm just going to hand this to you? 100%. Um, I, actually, I, I actually think you were in the room and I was trying to um, figure okay. out a name for, there was like a cocktail series that I was uh-huh. working on or whatever. But yeah. I really wanted to do something like a shank steak. Okay. So like a steak that and a shank. Yes, I know that that's a bit violent, and you know you normally find that in prison. But oh my gosh! But that the knife that you would use for the steak somehow it's like yeah. in there. You know, like okay. ripping off. Also for people, when I used to do Facebook Live and I was uh-huh. producing videos for editorial content you know some of them would be political or some of them would be satirical or whatever so it kind of uh-huh. ran the gamut and this was in a brainstorming session and coming from you know <laughs> the world of sketch comedy and improv sometimes you say you come up with some interesting Weird things stuff. but I really thought I was like oh, a shank steak like what if it was okay. inside like the knife I don't know anyway yeah. so you know, it could be a whole, I it could be a whole uh, array of food with some kind of yeah. things sticking out of it. You know, I saw, this, <laughs> I saw this meat pie on uh-huh. like, uh, the New York Times website and this woman, this brilliant female chef had made this meat pie with a bone marrow bone sticking up out of the middle of it. So the like bone marrow was roasting in the oven at the same time as this gloriously flaky meat pie was. And oh my I goodness. just thought, this woman is a a hero, b a genius. That is the smartest way to flavor a pie I've ever seen. And so I think we could run with this concept. We could figure out something pretty cool. Okay, I'm excited that you're excited because nobody else was excited about my. I can get this. Yeah, I can get. There, there's um. Have you ever listened? So there's another podcast called Your Last Meal, and she interviews people and like ask the host Rachel uh, what their last meal would be. And there's a prison episode. Amanda, oh my gosh, you've got to listen. There's an episode where she talks to a rapper that was in prison for like I, I think it was like ten years. And he talks mm-hmm. about all the things he made with Shank, like the, the prison food that they figured out how to make. And it's hysterical. Mm-hmm. I mean, go back and listen to that, get some more inspiration, and then we can come back to the table. Okay. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. Look at us collaborating. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. We need to collaborate with her, too. Let's just all do, like, a triple threat situation. Let's, She's just, really let, like her. let's just bring everybody in as long bring as everybody. I get to eat the stuff. Absolutely. Let's, let's do it. it. I love it. Oh, Cal, thank you so much for taking the time and chatting with me and just sharing your wisdom and your story. And I am so excited 
to see what 2018 does for you. Um, uh, thank you, friend. Yeah, it. I think that some some good things are going to happen, and I'm excited for us to work and collaborate together and mm-hmm. reveal those things when the time is right. Yeah, some big things are coming for Love Cooks and Babe Cave. And just like I said earlier, I mean, I woke up seriously praising the Lord for you. I mean, I'm just so grateful to have been not only to be a part of the Babe Cave community, which is fantastic, but also to have had the chance to share my story and share the, you know, my love of food, which I want everyone to experience and just be your friend. I mean, I just, y'all, Amanda's just the coolest. And I know y'all know that already, but like her friendship is one of the best gifts of my life. So I just love you. And I'm just so grateful. And thank you for letting me come on the show. Like, it's just such a joy. Anytime, anytime. Mm -hmm. And I love you so much. And I'm so glad we could do this and we're going to do it again. Um, Where can everybody find you? Great question. Um, so I'm on Instagram as Love Cooks, so L U V C O O K S. But my big push this year is for my YouTube channel, which is Love Cooks, so it's L U V space C O O K S. Um, I'm hoping to grow that and do some cool videos. So check y'all check that out, and then I'm also Love Cooks on Facebook and all that fun stuff. So yeah, yeah, girl. Uh, everybody, mm. go check Callie out. Um. It's super fun. She, um, she's just gonna just, you know, inspire you and, uh, <laughs> Thanks, blow, blow, blow you away with confetti and sparkles and confetti all of that. Sparkles. And it's really going to come out of your screen. It's going to blow your mind. You guys, you'll see, you'll see what I mean. So um, <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. Yeah, so it has been so great having, um, you on Cal and thank you everyone for thank you for tuning in and listening and would love to know what your thoughts are what you know Mm -hmm. what is the thing that you feel like you're meant for where Mm -hmm. do you want to go what door do you feel like you're knocking on that you need to open or kick down um and don't forget to come on uh don't forget to find me on um, instagram and facebook at babe cave studios and i can't wait to be with you next week